Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. It is、uh, five minutes past nine. Asia Pacific shares trading in the green this morning. Sydney leading the charge. The ASX 200 up nearly one percent. Tokyo is up two thirds of a percent. Seoul trading higher as well. The gains come on the back of solid performance on Wall Street overnight. Joining me to break down all the market action is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Happy Hump Day, Michelle. Is it only Wednesday? Gosh, it's almost there. Oh, long week, long week. Let's start this morning with the world of cryptocurrencies. It's a story a bit we've been tracking all week. The debut of the United States' first Bitcoin ETF, the ProShares Exchange Traded Fund, debuted overnight. It was the second most heavily traded ETF on record. It's a watershed moment for the crypto industry. Tell us more, Ryan. Yeah, as you would expect, getting quite a bit of interest. Like you pointed out, it made a record. For being the second most heavily traded fund, so quite a bit of、um, trading going on with this ETF. So this is the first Bitcoin exchange traded fund, and on day one, it rose about four point nine percent to close at forty one dollars and ninety four cents. So around、uh, more than twenty four million shares changed hands. So that is something that we can expect in the coming days. A lot of interest going to this because it was really anticipated for quite a long time. But you do have to take note that this. Tracks the futures, the contracts for the、mm. futures, speculating on future prices. It does not track the spot prices. So on some days, you may see、um, a disconnect from the current prices and what the, this ETF is doing. But for now, it looks like it's all systems go. It's going up for both ETF and Bitcoin spot prices. Yes, and it tracks the cash settled futures on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and so it's a synthetic of a synthetic product, and it only trades seven hours a day. Whereas the crypto markets, if you think of Bitcoin and Ether, they trade twenty four hours a day. So you have the possibility of missing out on price movements outside those seven hours. Crypto enthusiasts have been actively touting and awaiting the launch of a crypto ETF in the U.S. This does provide institutions with a new tool to invest in the sector. The ETF. Tracks again Bitcoin futures, not prices in the spot market. Still, Bitcoin is surging. It is currently trading above sixty-four thousand US dollars a token. That is more than double its value three months ago. Now, the ProShares ETF is not necessarily good news for everyone in the crypto sector, though. Investors could be switching away from assets that have previously been seen as proxies for Bitcoins and are the tokens. So, where do you see this happening, Ryan? Yeah, you mentioned sixty-four thousand for Bitcoin prices. That is. Very near、um, its all-time high, which it reached in April of around sixty-five thousand.、Mm-hmm. So that has seen the likes of MicroStrategy,、uh, one of the proxies for betting on Bitcoin, going up.、Uh, but interestingly, it did not go up with the Bitcoin ETF debut, and that seems to be the case when you think about how. Investors only have so much money to go around, so maybe they've been reallocating some of the exposure. Away from MicroStrategy to the Bitcoin ETF, so that saw the tech company MicroStrategy down 2.7 percent in the New York trading session. In other news from this sector, the cryptocurrency exchange platform Coinbase is tying up a deal with Facebook, so it's going to be working with the social media giant on its digital wallet initiative called Novi. All right, Ryan, what is Coinbase's role? Okay, Coinbase is going to be a custody partner. So what it means is it will be keeping things safe. In essence, keeping the funds secure when users sign up for the program. So it'll be a bit of a custody partner where、um, 
it will provide the storage services to make sure the funds don't disappear or anyone runs away with them. So that's how you can think about how Coinbase will play a part in this partnership between Facebook and Novi. Mm, Coinbase share price rallied 4% overnight. It is up 22% over the past week. I want to bring the conversation to Singapore now where the open market model for electricity is under stress. Best Electricity is the latest company to bow out of the market. Now, this follows similar moves by iSwitch, Ohm, Silver Cloud and Value Energy. Rising spot prices and an inability to hedge are proving to be too much for these companies. Ryan, what is the impact of this consolidation likely to be for consumers and businesses? Yeah, the latest one, the bow-out, ironically, is called Best Electricity. So <laughs> I'm not sure if um, anyone else is going to be joining the uh, crowd that is leaving. So we've heard from Best, we've heard from iSwitch, we've heard from Ohm. And you might remember earlier on in the days of this um, OEM market, we had Red Dot Power also closing. So you have seen quite a few players exiting from the retail space and also from the commercial industry space, there have been a few players also exiting. So we are looking at consolidation. I think in the early days of this market liberalization, mm-hmm. we did think about how there, were, there might have been too many players and that consolidation might happen. But I think it is catching a few people by surprise at the pace of how this is unraveling uh, with the rising prices in the markets and wholesale markets. And that is also something to think about in terms of implications for how prices might pan out for you and me. If you if you don't get as much competition as before, we can expect prices likely to go up. So that is the um, impact of what this consolidation might mean. Of course, it might not be the end of this episode. We might still see a few more players under stress. So we have to keep this one on watch. Mm, as we see electricity players fall off the grid, the Energy Market Authority says it is preparing to intervene in the fuel markets if needed. So, Ryan, what can it do? Okay, so here's what the EMA, the Energy Market Authority, is pledging. It is setting aside standby fuel facilities for these power generation companies. So these are the guys who make the um, electricity that feeds into the grid. So because of the wholesale spike in prices, um, they have at times had a bit more trouble getting hold of supplies. So that is the, I guess, buffer that the EMA is trying to put aside for them in case things take a turn for the worse. At least you have the reserves there for them to tap on if they need it. And on top of that, they have said they will intervene if necessary, but we don't have any clear details on those potential plans yet. So hopefully we don't get there. Yeah, and what happens when uh, Genco's look to sell their excess natural gas supply? What happens then? So far, we've been talking about preemptive measures. All right, if we take a look at stock markets now, investors have their eyes on corporate earnings, and so far, the results that are coming in look pretty good. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq both closed up nearly three quarters of a percent overnight as investors cheer the latest results. All right, Ryan, let's start with J&J. Its COVID-19 vaccine grossed more than half a billion US dollars in sales in in the third quarter, what do Johnson & Johnson's profits look like overall? Okay, so it got a big shot in the arm from the COVID-19 vaccine. $502 million worth of sales. And that helped his earnings per share to $2.60 per share. That was um, above expectations of two thirty-five. Revenue was at $23.34 billion, And that's slightly 
under the expectations of 23.72 billion. So all in is confident enough on its prospects to raise its full year earnings guidance to 9.7 uh, rather $9.77 per share. And this is from previous estimates of 960. So that is the latest outlook from J&J. Before we get to our next company, Ryan, tell me this. Um, I can't remember. Yesterday, Sunny Hamid told me I think he does watch Squid Game. What about you? Are you watching Squid Game on Netflix? Yeah, I know Sunny's a big fan. I've watched Squid Game and I think a lot of people love Squid Game. And that has really spurred or spurned or really triggered a lot of people to... Um, just come out with old memes and old merchandise. <laughs> no, really? This is really setting up a new trend. Right, I couldn't get past the first five minutes of Squid Game. First five minutes? What Why happened in the first that? five minutes? Nothing much. He tries to gamble and then gets beaten up. I think <laughs> it's something you've got to really you know, absorb slowly and it grows on you. So you should try it out. Okay, I'll, I'll plow on. Netflix has opened its books. Has Squid Game boosted its subscriber numbers? That is... The case, if you look at the strong numbers coming through from the third quarter, so 4.4 million new net paid subscribers. So that is above expectations of 3.5 million. But what's worth noting is the bulk of it came from outside the US and Canada. So in terms of markets, that market may be one to watch because it seems to be stagnating. And also worth watching is what's happening with profits and revenue. So if you look at the third quarter, it made a profit of $1.45 billion on revenue. And that was um, seeing its revenue grow 16% to $7.5 billion. But in the coming quarters, Netflix is warning that its profit margins might take a bit of a hit because it has to spend more on programming. So that typically weighs on the bottom line. So something to look out for. Uh, and that seemed to play out in the share price for Netflix, which was down 1.3% after hours. Hmm, we've gone from vaccines to stay-at-home viewing, and now, how about travel? It seems people in the US and Europe are starting to do a lot more of it. What has this meant for United Airlines results? Okay, United Airlines, um, you might expect with the easing of uh, border restrictions, things to pick up. To a certain extent, it has. Um, it did get travellers returning in summer despite a hit from the Delta variant. But it does have a note of caution because of rising costs of fuel and also a bit of a question mark when it comes to when it will return to profitability without federal aid. So it does still paint a cautious outlook. Uh, but all in, on the back of those um, report card numbers, it's up 2% in after-hours trading. In other corporate news, do you remember WeWork, the former high-flying office-sharing company? It had to pull its IPO two years ago after investors balked at the price. The company's founder, Adam Newman, had earlier been hailed as a visionary. It turned out he was more of sort of the slick salesman, greedy variety, and the not-so-kind kind of boss more than anything else. Well, Newman is gone, but WeWork is back and it's going public again. Tell us, how is WeWork returning to Wall Street? Yeah, so it's back to Wall Street after two years. You might remember the aborted IPO, the fiasco, or the memes. And it is something to watch out for because um, WeWork is finally going to Wall Street through the 
back door, so to speak. It's got a SPAC merger uh, with a entity called BaoX. So right now, shares of the entity is worth around $9 billion. So it might be able to become a publicly listed company. So pretty much living up to his um, earlier promise of um, getting listed. Wow. I mean, earlier was an unmitigated disaster. I thought that that term sat, sits perfectly for WeWork. Let's see how this triad pans out. In this age of remote work, though, when we don't want to sit in the same room and all breathe the same air and touch the same water mm. machines, how do you think WeWork's going to be received? I mean, does its business model still make sense? Yeah, in- interesting how WeWork has evolved over the past two years since the fiasco. It has cut down on a lot of non-core businesses like its nurseries, its childcares. Um, it's pretty much focused on what it does best, which is the office sharing business. And that also has seen a few tweaks. It's rolled out a pay-per-use service in some countries. It's launched a monthly subscription. So it's trying to gear itself into becoming a bit of a more nimble business. But you mentioned a few good points about how the landscape overall has changed. Are we still going to see people going into office as much? I think that is going to be a big question mark and it could stand in the way of investor interest just jumping on this um, listing. So in terms of timing, mm. it's going to be a tough one to figure out if it's got its judgment right, whether it is going to get as much interest as it hopes to get. Time now for more corporate news. And for this, I'm going to turn to our Wednesday morning game of Up or Down. The prize is a pot of cheese. Ryan, are you ready? What cheese? <laughs> Part of Gorgonzola cheese. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, let's look at Xiaomi. All right, Xiaomi is going to be an up for me, and that's because it is going to be producing its first car in 2024. So, another EV player. And if you know Xiaomi, it is probably going to knock it out of the park. Oh, okay. Well, Shares of Xiaomi jumped 5% overnight on news that it will mass-produce its own electric vehicles, all this starting in 2024. Ryan, tell me, how do you feel about a mobile company selling you a car? It sounds like Apple, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I would go with it because everything is connected these days and what better to you know, put your um, fortunes on than a phone company that wants to make a car. It kind of makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an interesting comparison, isn't it? All right, let's look at Alibaba next. Okay, so here's going to be an up for me because Alibaba is in the news for a new server chip that it is making and it's mm. going to be one of China's most advanced chips. And it's really in the trend of how everyone's trying to make their own chips. You've got Apple with its own Macs, with its own chips, the M1 chips. And then overnight, we have from Google with its new Pixel 6 phones using its own Tensor chips. And it's worth watching out for Tensor because it has a magic eraser function Ooh. where you can take photos mm-hmm. and just make people in the background disappear, like photo bombers <laughs> or people you don't like. Just magically click on them and they disappear. Family photos will never be the same again. Alibaba, <laughs> this new chip from Alibaba, hailed as a breakthrough in China's bid to be self-sufficient, by the way, in this arena. Alibaba shares jumped 6% overnight. All right, let's end off up or down with Samcorp Marine. All right, it's going to be a down for Samcorp Marine and that's because of a profit warning coming through and it is saying it 
is expecting significant losses in the second half of this year. And this will be potentially in the range of what it saw in the first six months of the year at around $647 million. So something to watch out for on the back of increased costs to complete its projects, as well as losses arising from added delays. Yes, unfortunately a down, the offshore and marine company warning of significant losses in the second half of the year. All right, let's turn to Singapore now. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished up more than three quarters of a percent yesterday to finish just shy of the 3200 mark. How's the STI trading this morning? Okay, let's take a look. And it's pretty much um, in line with the rest of the region. Mm -hmm. Extending yesterday's gains up 0.2% to 3,205. And if you look at the STI, pretty much um, green, just Mm -hmm. a bit of red. 10 names in the red. At the bottom, we've got Genting, Singapore, down 0.6%. And if you look at the other end, at the top, we've got CityDev in the green by 1.4% followed by Comfort Delgro. Uh, all the banks are in the green, just above water slightly. And if you look at SIA, uh, that was one of the top losers yesterday and is continuing to give up those early gains from the VTL euphoria. It's now down by 0.2% at 5.47. Thanks very much, Ryan. Have a great hump day. Coming up, I welcome back my friends. They said, hey, can we revisit this? We were talking about this company and when we were last on your show, September 2020, and we were talking about it, the company was trading at $159. It is now trading at $285. I said, sure, we can talk about it. I love these guys, you know, pretty much made financial independence happen for themselves before they turn 25. And they're going to join me at 10.05. Stay tuned for that. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.